FM, the Sun Community Radio, WLSP, LP, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, and you're in homeroom with Brad Saren. Hello, how are you doing? That's Brad Saren. I'm doing well. My name's Todd Molesky. I'm the host of the show, uh, and it, it's good to be back. We haven't been here very often. No, we've been really off and on, but it, the sun is shining. It's a little cold outside. Sun is shining, and I'm enjoying that. That That is nice, uh, at least if it's going to be... Maybe they're probably related, actually, I think, when it's, <laughs> think, when it's nice think and bright so. outside. It seems mm-hmm. like that's when it gets cold. But mm-hmm. hey, uh, we'll take it. It's it's something. Uh, our guest today, we're, we're happy to be joined by Matt Wire, who's the, uh, I guess, still new. We can yes, call you the yes. new uh, Performing Arts Center manager. And so thanks for joining us, Matt. Welcome. Pleasure to be here. Let's, let's, let's talk about what it is, what it means to be the manager of the Performing Arts Center. That seems like a, a big uh, responsibility. A lot I, of, I think a lot. it's performing arts centers. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yes. The centers. That's Might true. be getting a few more centers on that as well. <laughs> we'll talk about that too. What all is the scope of, of, of what you do with the district? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now I'm mainly in charge of the high school as well as chums, making sure that the spaces are running nicely, get uh, requests sent to me, go ahead and approve and deny, depending on how things are looking, mostly approve. Um, technically, I'm also working with the middle schools, making sure that they've got what they need to be up and running, but they're handling their own scheduling, unlike with that. And just a little bit of background. So the as a part of the referendum, when we built uh, the, the, the current uh, 10 through 12 high school, uh, we wanted the Performing Arts Center to be not only available to all of the amazing fine arts groups that we have as far as students, but also to our community. And we needed someone with the expertise to take advantage of that of that space and the Cardinal Heights space to an excellent degree. And so that's why we have this position. It's not only to serve our, our kids and families in schools every day, but also to the community, too. We're really fortunate to have you. Yeah. So... You come to the district from Beaver Dam, correct? It's your correct. Your uh, last place I was was Beaver Dam as their auditorium managing technician. Okay, and so how? Well, let's take a step back. Why the connection to Sun Prairie was important here? The connection. Yes, yeah. you are a Sun Prairie graduate as well. That's correct. Cool. I moved here when I was five from the Twin Cities with my family. Obviously, didn't walk down here by myself. Right. Um, <laughs> went through all of the programs here. Eastside Patrick Marsh. Right after that was built and uh, graduated from the Chums. Well, what is Chums now? I missed the new high school opening by about four years. Okay. I think. Okay. So. When this position became open, was it something you, like, was there a natural connection there, having having experienced what it's like here and and, and seen what maybe you could do with to, to help arts grow and help, uh, help things move along here? Yeah, absolutely. As soon as I saw this position open up, I was all over it. Um, I actually live over by West Side. So for me, you know, cutting those 30 minutes off my drive was a bit nice, but also just knowing the arts community that's existed in Sun Prairie, I mean the benefits from it were able to allow me to just really catapult my career off and go off to a bunch of different places. And I'm a big proponent of bringing back what I've learned to the community. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So what you've learned has, has taken you a, a few different places, obviously in the last that long journey coming up to this journey here. Uh, can you 
take us through that and what some of the highlights are and how you've kind of formed what you are today. Sure, absolutely. Um, I After I graduated in 2006, I went off to college to get a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Lighting and Sound Design and Technology from University of Minnesota Duluth. Um, I was He's also, a bulldog. Yep, bulldog <laughs> all the way. Um, I worked at the Weber Music Hall as the assistant manager there for three years, which was a just an absolute gorgeous facility. After that, I went on tour out of Georgia with Springer Opera House as their sound technician for A Closer Walk with Patsy Cline. From there, I wound up living in the backwoods of Maine for a summer as their uh, resident lighting and sound designer. Um, that was over at Deer Trees, Theory, er, Deer Trees Theater in... I think it was Hibbing, Minnesota, mm -hmm. not Minnesota, Maine. <laughs> um, after that, went down and worked at Disney World for a year and oh. a half as a lighting technician on Fantasmic. From there, wound up working for a theater in Jersey for a summer, then wound up back in Sun Prairie for about two months working as an electrician before I got hired over to Interlock and Center for the Arts as their technician in residence for a school year. After that, that's a well, huge gig too. That, a that very a really, well known, prestigious dance center. Absolutely. Um, I remember going by there when we I was in sound and always just seeing their facility and always thinking this would be an awesome place to go mm -hmm. as a student. Never made that happen, but did wind up going back to work for mm -hmm. them. Learned quite a bit from them and was able to work with students there. After that, I wound up working for Full Compass in sales for about four months, realized sales was not for me, went back to being a technician in the rentals department for a year and a half, wound up going back into education for Beaver Dam for three years, working as their auditorium manager, and then came back to Sun Prairie officially in July, working as a performing arts center manager. That's so one of the things that I noticed uh, with you, almost immediately when you came to Sun Prairie, you had a group of kids gravitate towards you who are interested in lighting and design. Talk a little bit about, about the effect that you had with the amount of kids that just gravitated toward you because they were interested in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's a huge thanks to the people who have come before me. I know Amy Frank was the last Performing Arts Center manager. She did an amazing job. Um, now up in Door County. Now up in Door County. I'm kind of jealous of that position. <laughs> I mean, I worked up in Door County. It's just a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. But she had laid the groundwork for a lot of these kids. Um, Quite a few of them have a bit more of an interest in lighting and sound design, which are a bit more of my background. Um, as soon as I was in there, I've been just trying to slowly train them in there into the lighting and sound board. And the amount of interest in technical theater, I was kind of afraid that it might have waned since I was in school. But how just eager these kids are to learn about this and work events. I put out, you know, I'm, I'm looking for one or two technicians for a show. Pretty much every single one I'm getting for who are volunteering. I mean, non-paid positions too. They're just eager to come yeah, in. Yeah, you had a group of twenty text. kids total that were interested in it. Just awesome. Yeah, no, we've got quite a few kids who are just working on the musicals we put on, the plays we put on. Pretty much every single concert we'll have, we'll have two or three technicians, student technicians there helping to run the show. And after I've got them trained, typically I just step back and let them run the show. So. Mm letting them really get their hands dirty and learning in this beautiful environment we have here. Is that a little bit of where, I, mean, I know that the facilities are different now than they were when you were in school, but is that how you started a little bit? Is that with the way you came up into the, yeah. and got interested in it? Too? Yeah, absolutely. My first 
real sound gig, I actually wound up running sound and lights for the big band dance over at Angel Park. They just handed me the equipment and said, go nuts, no showing me how to do it. So that trial by fire really is what's led me to be a great technician and really being able to work in entertainment understanding you know how to work under fire within a time limit and keep a calm head and working with these great students has been a real opportunity to just kind of show them hey things are going crazy but this is how you can kind of take control and work with what you've got Mm. so to me it's always really important to be able to work calm under that kind of pressure that's something that I would imagine you have to develop I mean some of it may be innate to some some kids some some people are just maybe more uh, uh, born with that that skill, but just doing things more often gets you into that too, right? Right, exactly. Um, for me, I was a nervous wreck a mm. lot of the times during shows all through high school and first year or two of college, and then all of a sudden I was running, or not running, I was I had designed sound for a show. We had this big slow entrance based out over two minutes where we had very intricate sound cues going um, for this big wedding processional stage manager completely forgot to call it. I would, you know, brand opening of a new show and I'm just sitting in the audience. And finally I had to realize there's nothing I can do. Mm. Just throwing my hands up and sitting back and watching the live event. So to me, live events, even when they go wrong, that's what you're paying for. That's what you're there to see is how people are going to move past these things and understanding it's not going to go perfect every time. So you're using some technical terms that I just want to like draw out a little bit more from you because I think, I mean, some of our listeners might not even understand the fact that there it has to be a sound design and there are cues and someone has to manage you know the 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 entire play calling that happens with an event that happens on a stage. So just talk about like logistically what that looks like so people can picture what you're organizing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of people really are not aware of what's going on on the technical side. Um, of theater there is an entire production team behind everything you know when you'll see those credits you'll see all those names going by and they might not really click that that is a person doing you know a 40 50 hour a week job um for just a real basic example typically on a production team you'll have the director the stage manager who is in charge of you know making sure everything's coming together properly writing it all down in the script where the cues are going to go you'll have the technical director who would be in charge of all the technical elements making sure everyone's staying on budget keeping everything realistic then your different design departments lighting sound costumes properties and set, um, and they can even get broken down even more. Produ- or projection is becoming a real key design element. And just all of these people will have assistants and crews underneath them. So, you know, the tech department can constitute, uh, like on Footloose, we had about 30 kids almost who were working on the tech department in different facets. Um, you know, they were the ones painting everything. They were focusing the lights. They were helping me pick out sound cues, put microphones on everyone, and just a thousand other little things that you'll look at. And typically, if you didn't have technicians, you just have someone up on stage wearing plain clothes, yelling into the dark, trying to project. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and that would be a, uh, an issue right, at that point. Yeah. Just, just me. Just a little, little one. Um, I wanted to ask about, I mean, I looked a little bit at the schedule for the um, Forming Arts Centers over the next week here, really. Uh, it, I, it seems like everything is booked solid. Like there is something every night that's, uh, or close to it uh, or a couple times a day. 
how is that to manage that level of well i mean there's interest in having events there because it's, it, they're great spaces but you've got to you know kind of massage the schedule at some yeah. point too to get everyone what they need yeah absolutely and the fun thing about that is you're only seeing when the performance yeah. starts there are um Pretty much every day there's a rehearsal or something going on in there. And yeah, it is a lot of just kind of massaging the schedule to get everyone in as close to the date as they want. Um, I know like we're still having people reaching out to us about the year 2021 trying to reserve the space oh, wow. and just working with everyone involved to go, okay, well, I can't give you a rehearsal on this date. How about this? Working with everyone to just finally like, okay, you're out at 3.30. Well, I have this other group coming in at 3.35. So just being able to facilitate those changeovers. And it's just kind of controlling chaos is the best way I can feel about my position is I'm throwing all this information and trying to disseminate it out to everyone who needs it to kind of go, well, we can or cannot do this for you. Sure. The, um, I, I wanted to, to mention that there's a show coming up this weekend, correct? At at the center is it this weekend or next weekend? I, it I'm is next remember. week, actually. Next I don't. Week. I think I've actually got it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, we do have Frozen going Frozen. on this weekend. Frozen Chums. Junior. Yes. Luckily, one I not luckily, but that's one I'm not terribly involved <laughs> okay. in. Um, they have shows Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday and Saturday, two showings at 7 p.m. and then two showings of 2 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday as well. So that's a little bit of how it's just kind of stacked up there sometimes of, of events going yeah, on. Yeah, well, that's an example of something that, that someone calls in and would like to use our facilities mm -hmm. and we're happy to accommodate. It's not student-led right. or it's not like one of our you know civic partners like the Sun Prairie Civic Theater, but someone that's coming in and we think it's awesome that our space is being used and that people can come into the Sun Prairie Area School District and have some healthy entertainment over the weekends. Because there are some great spaces absolutely in our community mm -hmm. that uh, uh we you know really love to see people using and, and making the most uh, out totally of it. totally yeah. and what what's interesting is like you know so you know we broadly advertise that really all of our facilities from our performing arts centers to all of our our gymnasiums mm -hmm. to the areas that we have like the pool um are all utilized by people like i mean I think there's like 25,000 hours per year of community use. And so, and one of those areas that we, I think, do a great job because of the staff managing it is the performing arts centers. Yeah, yeah typically we're looking anywhere from 50 to 40% of community usage compared to school okay. usage okay. in the performing arts center. Great. You're listening to Homeroom on 103.5, the Sun Community Radio, coming to you from the 103.5, the Sun Studios, underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. Our guest today is Matt Wire, the uh, manager of the performing, performing arts centers, I guess, mm -hmm. if you want to look at it Correct. that way. Um, let's, let's talk what's, you know, if you come into a job, you have to have some ideas of what you'd like to, to tackle in the next couple of years. Is there something in front of your list that, uh, uh would be something you'd like to, to, to get your, your hands around in the next couple of years here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's nowhere near as glamorous as people like to think, but I really want to change our lighting fixtures from incandescent mm. lamps all the way up to LEDs. LED lighting technology has kind of been hit or miss for the last 10 years, but just recently in the last three years has come miles ahead of where it used to be. Um, when I was at Beaver Dam, that was a huge project we were working on. Just some back of the napkin math we were able to pull out was that every month we were burning through about $600 worth of energy, whereas if we were to go to a full LED 
lighting system, we'd be looking at sixty dollars. So we can, you know, take a tenth of the money we need to pay for lighting and for lighting power. The issue is that they are expensive fixtures, mm-hmm. but you no longer have consumable parts on it. Right. So it's a, it's going to be a slow process, but we're definitely looking at upgrading all our fixtures from the traditional lighting instruments to something that would be running on LED, something. Sure. Super cool. I thought you would have said projection, honestly. Actually, I was incredibly fortunate that there was a new projector purchased for the PACs before I came here. Both of the projectors we have at Chums as well as the high school are laser projectors, so they're a lot brighter than what you could find traditionally in a lot of other theaters. See, I was thinking backlit setting projectors. Yes. um, We can actually rent those quite a bit cheaper than we could purchase Mm -hmm. them. So instead Mm of... You know, not every single show we're going to do is going to be needing one of those, and it'd be just more financially there you go. doable. Here we go. The expertise it. that we've got someone That's like right. this right in. So so now my, my, my son uh, has been increasingly involved in theater and wrestling and cross-country and dance and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and he's been a part of a couple of productions uh, that have happened um, right up at the, at the high school with the Civic Theater. So uh, talk about a, a couple of the productions that you've already been involved in. So I'm, I know that people are busy and maybe some of them haven't come out to see anything, but but what have been some of the productions that you've been involved in since you've been here? And then also, what are some of the uh, the highlights, some of the, the parts that, that you can bring up right away as far as great, great, great things to have happen to kids? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first event I was really involved with at the high school about a week after I started was uh, the Civic Theater doing their Penguin Project mm-hmm. of The Wizard of Oz, where they just bring in a lot of at-need students and are allowing them to perform with a It's a mentor. great program. It's, it's an amazing program just to watch those kids who typically would be an incredibly underrepresented minority of our performers being the highlight of attention and just to see the joy on their faces is something that's truly touching. Um, and that production pretty much relied almost exclusively on product or er, projections. So Civic is really getting on the bandwagon with these projections. And because they don't have nearly as much build time or stuff like that, that's something that's really been a huge benefit for them. And just a post-it note, if you have not come out to see the Penguin Project, please do. It, the the end part of what they do for Don't Stop Believing is one of the best things that I've ever seen. So just to post a note on that, please please look for that as you uh you know, as you're, you know, you know, looking for things to do because it's a wonderful production. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. Yep. No, no, that's perfectly fine. And they do have another one coming up this summer, so I would definitely recommend checking that one out. Um then we just wrapped up Footloose, um, a show that I have done three times at this point. Uh, two of those times have been at Sun Prairie. Um, so that was a rather interesting experience just to see how far technology has come, especially within the school district. Gonna, can I ask if it's changed much? Oh, in, quite in a that, bit. That's right. It's the same show, but it's got to be, it can be done differently, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's just always interesting to see how it's just changed ever so slightly um typically i'd be doing lighting for those shows but we do have two great designers who work for us pretty regularly so they were handling it that this time um just for example um i when i would do it i would take this metal disc that would have a church window on it we'd have to put colored plastic in front of that throw it in a light and that's how we would typically get the church effect well this time it was actually handled by our scenic department who was able to just paint these gorgeous faux uh, stained glass windows and just 
these little tiny things, there's always something different in a production, even if it's done, you know, days apart. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it it kind of occurs to me that you are a, an embodiment of the importance of arts in schools. Um, I, I wonder if you can speak to that a yeah, little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, we're always going to need technicians. We're always going to need uh, people in the STEM field. But the arts are really what allows us to express what it really means to be human. There's always going to be things that divide us, but the arts are something that can really have us step back, look, and make sure, you know, we're not that terribly different. There are pieces of music out there that are almost universally loved. Um, there are virtual choirs out there now with you know 20,000 members. I'm completely failing on the name of these right now, but it's just such a moving experience to see, listen to these people from all over the world singing together. And the arts are one of those things that really lets us show you know what it means to be human. Yeah. And Brad, like you're talking about in your family, you you guys see that the importance of oh, arts yes. and, and being in that mm-hmm. and being in community yep, as a part me. of that, right? That's that's a, a a big part of it. You're not just doing this yourself. You're part of a group. You're part of a larger, uh, you know, uh, community. The, yes, the, the just the and and also it, what's interesting is like, you know, you've got a vocal music community and you might have a band community and theater brings all of those communities yeah. together in this intersectionality between technology and singing and dancing and you know instrumental music and all of those things so it's just a really special thing to to watch kids grow and adults uh, around those kids support them too you were talking a little bit earlier Matt about the students you have that that come in and, and work with you have, what have you seen from them to the, uh, do you see that light turn on? Uh, that's okay. Bad, maybe a, a bad pun no, intended. You know what? That's, I guess. That's yeah. absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> just to see how quickly they'll light up. Um, I mean, a lot of times when you're a student working on something, you might be getting, you know, a little bit smaller jobs like, Hey, can you, you know, go move a table for yeah. me or something. But you know, in our performance space, after they've gotten the training, I'm more than happy to say, okay, here's a light board, figure it out. And you know, I'll be there to help them work through some of the problems but for them to stare at you know this board with a couple thousand buttons and just wondering you know go from i have no idea what anything uh, on this will do to being able to actually run a full show by themselves go through and write all their lighting cues stuff like that and just seeing their eyes light up realizing oh this is something i can do um theater always has these little tiny challenges in it and if say you're working on lighting and it's just not quite clicking, Brad's absolutely right. There's a thousand other things in theater you can do. Say you want to go play in the pit. You want to be up on stage actually acting. And speaking to that, everyone, you know, always thinks, oh, well, a technician might just be a failed actor. That is so far from the truth. Most of my technicians, they will be in a band or choir or something like that. So, you know, they will get through performance time, but they keep coming to technical theater over and over again because it's just such a different beast from what you're used to. So, yeah, Yeah, it's, um, you know, when you're there watching a show, you know, I think you're drawn to the actors. That's the action that's happening there. But there's so much you can look. I mean, if you if you separate that out, there's so much you can look at in terms of the the cues, the lighting cues, the audio mm-hmm. cues, things that that are happening. Uh, and I, I really hope people appreciate that there's so much work that goes but goes on behind the scenes, quite literally, of uh, of that kind of activity. 
Yeah, typically the only time people know we're doing anything is when something goes wrong. <laughs> so typically when I read reviews of shows, I just make sure that there's nothing written about sure. lighting or sound. I know I did a good job. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So if, if, if you're a listener and you've got a, a, a grandson or a granddaughter or maybe you know your own, your own son or daughter and what you're describing would be right up their alley, how would students go about getting into contact with you to say like, how can I be a part of this? Yeah, absolutely. I'm always looking for more kids who want to work with us. Um, feel free to just shoot me name email at mrweyer at Sun Prairie Schools. Let me know you're interested in doing technical theater. I can either get you working with us on our shows, like our, all our concerts. I can get you in contact with our drama departments at all of the different schools. Um, I know when I was in middle school, there really was no such technical program. But those have been growing ever every year. Um, so now they are using wireless microphones and stuff like that. And we always want kids working on our technical teams coming up through the school years, just so by the time they get up to the high school, we're able to really take our hands off and say, this is your show. Run it how you need it to run. And if you missed that email, you can always go to our website, uh, sunpraiseschools.org. Underneath community, you can click the top menu bar community. And then uh, actually the Performing Arts Center will be right underneath that. Uh, or facility rental, click that, and then you'll be able to sort of navigate to the Performing Arts Center, and all the all the contact information is right there too. Well, let's. Uh, we've got a couple minutes left here, Brad. You've got a, a few things to mention uh, is happening. I in always our do. District. Just, uh, just as a preface, we're uh, live here on December 11th. So if you're hearing about any of these dates that uh, on a recording later on a podcast, uh, please keep that in mind. Yes. Yes. So like so on December 12th at 6 p.m., we will have Meadowview and Westside, uh, the orchestra concert at the High School Performing Arts Center. Uh, December 12th, we'll have the Cardinal Heights Orchestra concert. Uh, December 12th at 8 o'clock, we'll have the Sun Prairie High School Orchestra concert at this uh, at the Performing Arts Center at the high school. Of course, uh, Frozen, uh, Disney's Frozen Junior will be at Cardinal Heights. That'll be on the 13th and the 14th and then the 15th. Uh, check for times. We've got a school board meeting uh, coming up on the 16th of December at 6 p.m. Uh, the Sun Prairie High School and uh, Cardinal Light Band Concert at the Performing Arts Center at the high school on uh, December uh, 16th at 6.30. Um, the Patrick Marsh Middle School Choir Concert is going to be on the 17th at 6.30. Um, we also have Early Childhood Developmental Screenings. That's going to be at Token Springs on the 17th of December in between the times of 4 and 7 p.m. And just a reminder that uh, winter break for the Sun Prairie Area School District is in between December 23rd and January 5th. Wow. Lots of stuff. stuff. And Lots that doesn't of even things. include, I have a whole list of uh, athletic things that are well, happening too. And we yeah, actually do have a very interesting opportunity here as well. On the 18th, we have a all-girls band visiting from Japan yes. at 7 p.m. Yes, that will be performing at the Performing Arts Center. Nice. People coming in, it's great. So. And so all these events will be able to, to find yes. on, the, on the district website. Right, go to our website, and we've got our sort of master calendar on there that's got not only all of the events that I laid out, but also the athletic events. Perfect. Well... Matt Wire, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, it was thanks great for, for, thank you for being and, here. Uh, uh, best of luck with everything going on. Right, thank you. And Brad, uh, good to see you again. Good to see you too. Just a reminder for our listeners, we are now on podcasts. Uh, we are up on Spotify and then also any other place where you find your podcasts for Homeroom. That's awesome. Great work. Yeah, there we go. We will catch you in the new year. I believe this is our last uh, episode of 2019. Indeed. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. And to all of you out there, thanks for listening to Homeroom with Brad Saren on 103.5 FM, The Sun Community Radio.
I'm safe by the... Yeah.